0: There are a good many ways that institutional investors are taking best advantage of this versatile market created by broad public participation.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. I'm Matthew Housebarby, and today I'm speaking with Preston Johnson, the founder of Wagme United and co-chairman of Crawley Town Football Club. Why am I interviewing the chairman of a professional sports team? Well, they're doing something a little different. Very different, in fact. And this is the story of how a Web3 project raised funds to buy an English football team and has grand plans to take them from the fourth tier of English football all the way to the top. That's a noise of a couple thousand fans cheering on their beloved Crawley Town FC, I wonder how those same fans felt when they heard the news that an NFT project was taking over their local club. More importantly, I wonder how many of them even knew or cared what an NFT was in the first place. I'll admit that when I had heard the news, I was very skeptical, and that's coming from someone that's actively working within the Web3 space. But after my conversation with Preston Johnson, it became very clear to me that they're under no false illusions and that they truly want what's best for the club, or at least that their interests are almost certainly aligned. Now, is it highly unconventional? Sure. Do they still have a bunch of stuff to learn about running a football club? No doubt. That said, they're engaging fans today in ways that's never been done before. The fans have a say in the players that the clubs buy and who they bring in as backroom staff. And they can even vote to fire Preston as chairman if the club isn't promoted to the upper division within two years. So regardless of what you think about crypto, those items I've mentioned are at least a great thing for a local fan base. And let's face it, if you've witnessed some of the ways in which English football clubs have been run in the more conventional sense in the past few years, it's pretty clear that something needs to be done differently. If you're a fan of sports, have an interest in how crypto is being applied in the real world, or, well, if you're a Crawley Town FC fan, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Let's dive into the interview right after this. If you're struggling to get your head around the complexity of decentralized finance, I've something just for you. Decrypting DeFi is an online course where I walk you through all of the important concepts within DeFi and share step-by-step tutorials on how to start generating income from your crypto assets. Whether you're interested in this from an investment point of view, or just want to better understand how things like yield farming, liquidity mining, and staking works, the course will have something you. Head over to mhb.xyz forward slash DeFi to learn more. Preston, welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, why don't, why don't we start the conversation with just a little bit of background on yourself and what led you to become the co-founder of Wagme United?
0: Sure. My, my background's actually in, in sports betting. I bet on sports uh, as a professional for about 11 or almost 12 years. Uh, my last my last few years, actually was doing uh, analysis for ESPN on TV. There was a show uh, called Daily Wager. So I, I did that for, for two years. And then uh, late 2020, I started diving into NFTs via Top Shot, NBA Top Shot. And from there... Uh, my contract the following February with ESPN was ending and I was like really kind of figuring out that there's a, a pretty asymmetric opportunity in Web3. And so I wanted to prioritize my flexibility to, to try some stuff out. Uh, I decided not to continue with ESPN. And uh, the following month, I I, I started and founded a Pixel Vault with the Punks Comic Project. And so we launched that a couple months after, it was like in May of that year of 2021, uh, which had a quite a bit of success and kind of got me into the necessary networks within Web3 and crypto. And from there, uh, I think it was October. My my co partner for Wagmi United, Evan Smith, uh, who actually already knew of me from sports betting. Uh, you know, he said, "This is perfect. Like, there's all of these digital communities that are forming online, and you know, there's businesses being built, and none of them actually even have anything yet. It's all speculation based on art or." At the very least, like, you know, a hoodie or a character into Central land one day, right? It's it's there's a lot of promises or maybe maybe we're gonna build a video game. He's like, Why don't we go get a professional sports team or, or a football club in in England? And then there's actually a spine to this story, right? There's something to root behind and root for every Saturday morning and sometimes on Tuesday nights, where everybody can gather around and, and tell a really cool story if we can take a club from League Two or or at the time we were considering League One as well up to the Premier League. And so uh, within about, you know, five minutes, I said yes. And then we just decided we decided to go for it. So that's a
1: pretty, that's
0: a pretty bold idea.
1: Uh, You know, it's like the, yeah, let's just buy a, buy a football club. It's a pretty, pretty big thing to do, right? So, so, so where you are today, the Wagme United acquired Crawley Town, football mm-hmm. club in League Two, which for, for those of the listeners that are not necessarily familiar with the uh, English Football League, that's the the fourth tier of English football. Um, and it, I mean, I'm just, I, when I first heard about Wagner United, I was just even curious about how the, the process of the acquisition even managed to work. I'm assuming that you didn't pay in cryptocurrency uh, and just trying to figure out how you managed all of the, the acquisition itself. But why don't we just start with a little bit of like how it came to be that you acquired Crawley in particular, and it sounds like maybe you were looking at maybe a number of other clubs that fit Mm -hmm. certain criteria, things like that. What, where, where, what landed you at uh, Crawley town?
0: Yeah, so I think it was right after NFT NYC at the beginning of November uh, of last year. Um, we, we actually made our first trip out to the UK. And so we were considering clubs uh, at League Two and League One level. And we visited four in person in November. And so it was, it was, it was honestly uh, pretty simple. We got in contact with a broker and he said, all right, these are the clubs that are for sale. And we reached out to those clubs, and they were actually for sale. So we were like, "Hey, can we can we come visit?" So it was like pretty <laughs> simple, actually. Uh, it wasn't too difficult in that sense. Um, and most of them they were really uh, generous, and you know, just with their time and saying like, "Hey, come come on out. We'll show you the facilities. We'll teach you a little bit about what English football is." And um, so we, we made our first visit actually in in November and, and visited four clubs, but we had actually in total, I think, spoke to nine, um, eight of them in the UK. We ended up deciding that. Uh, English was important, right? A a good portion of the Web3 audience is American and, you know, speaking English, even internationally, English is like the most spoken language. So we decided to just stay uh, in England and then from there, promotion, relegation and kind of the brilliance of the system here versus the United States where you have, you know, the NBA and the NFL or, or, or Major League Baseball. You have a minor league baseball team and you can win every single game by 10 runs. And you're never going to go anywhere. You're never going to get into the to the majors. Like there's no actual pathway to the highest trophy, and so yeah. um, I think it's the magic. Yeah.
1: It's, it's the magic of, of of English football and British football in in general. I think. I mean, I'm I'm a Nottingham Forest fan and have been for uh, oh congratulations. In, you know, so yeah, we just made it into the Premier League after 23 years, and those moments of like promotion are just magical moments. And I think for clubs like like Crawley Town, I'm sure you're seeing, you know, there's huge local communities attached to this. And football plays an enormous part in those towns, in those cities, and people really care about it. I imagine that when you were meeting some of these different clubs about potential acquisition, and certainly probably post acquisition of Crawley, you were maybe met with skepticism, things like that. Did you find there was a a general kind of level of skepticism to like the Wagme United kind of operation, things like that, that you had to overcome to begin with? Or were people kind of generally of the opinion that, you know, if the price is right, it's it, it works?
0: Yeah, it was actually pretty tough early on. I think in April is the official, early April, we, we acquired the club and it was a lot of, oh, the crypto bros, the Americans, which by the way, there are, there are plenty of local Londoners, for example, that are in our group that are a part of this uh, and, and a few other uh, individuals that are international but you know they, they referenced the American crypto bros coming to take over English football they don't know what they're doing um, I and saw it,
1: a lot of those headlines <laughs> I wondered how well that went down with uh, you and the, the rest of the team
0: <laughs> so I mean we, we expected it to some extent I, I think uh, a lot of the local fans were concerned just with how, how out of touch we were with how things are run and so what I actually did I think two days after we acquired the club I did an AMA uh, with one of the club media members, after they gathered a bunch of the questions we had seen either directly via email with the club or on Twitter and Discord, uh, I was pretty front-facing and in interacting and engaging with everybody for the first two days and trying to, you know, explain myself the best I could and explain what our vision ultimately is. But we thought if I did it, you know, just like a video where I answer questions and people can kind of reference it, um, it would go a long way. And you know, one of the main, uh, and I think you alluded to it just a bit ago, one of the main. Uh, misinformations that were, that was spread around was was that the club now will be tied to the volatility of Bitcoin uh, which was just untrue but there were two out two outlets I believe that wrote about it and obviously people when they read it they think it's it's the, the case and I you know explained look we we didn't buy the club in cryptocurrency we, we bought it we bought it in Fiat or gbP in this case we you know the EFL the league itself never would have let us you know buy anything with such volatility anyways uh, they actually had us do a fit and proper person's tests uh, to make sure that we were resourced enough to uh, cover losses expected losses for the club for at least two years we had to put all of that money up front into the club accounts like we we were in, in very good shape and we wanted to I think I think a lot of the concern um, not even skepticism but like the concern and uncomfortability for some of the local fans was that part of it just because crypto is so new and i think most people just immediately revert to thinking oh it's a scam um, it's a ponzi scheme like something right because that's what they've heard before and they don't and so and so that was once we kind of cleared that and and, and told them what our real strategy was about attaching these remote international fans to the current existing fans and, and how ultimately the the revenue streams we're trying to bring to the club, which are new, which the club didn't have access to prior, we're going to put into the club, right? Into players, coaching staff, sports science, analytics, and the community, like it's all going to benefit them. And so I think that went a a long way. And from there, we've just slowly been able to kind of gain their trust and respect and, um, you know, walk the walk, so to speak, as opposed to just, you know, saying we're going to do this and then not actually doing it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it seems like, you know, this, this deal came about during, a challenging time of narratives in uh English professional sport, actually, in in general. Because I think we've got one side, obviously the the wider market crash of crypto, and in particular, this one really impacting retail investors. That just has like a ton of big headlines that can easily be turned into a narrative that that fits. But I think also there was this piece around the rise of, like, fan tokens, which, I mean, I, I say quote-unquote fan tokens because I'm I'm not a huge fan of these myself. It's like, you know, I don't know how, mu- how, how many people really care about you know, what color the changing room is or stuff like that that they get to vote on. And I think the reality was a lot of fans purchased those during the peak of the bull market. And obviously, like nearly everything in the uh, equities market crypto yep. the lot sorry, of decline and I think there's started to be a lot more publications talking about the proliferance of advertising in UK sport I mean there was this in the Super Bowl ads right where it was like the, the crypto bowl where there was just so many crypto ads I think all of this come together and then you guys probably came in it's I mean, it's just so easy to spin a headline up about about you guys, I imagine. So I'm sure you've been fighting upstream on on that front. But um, one thing I would love to understand, actually, so we talked, you talked about purchasing the club in pound sterling and fiat, which I assumed would be the case. Well, Let's talk a little bit about Wagme United. And you know, how did you initially raise funds? What were you doing in the run up to the acquisition? Was the plan always to acquire uh, a professional sports team, or was there a time prior to this where you were doing something slightly different? How how, what was the fundraising looking like in the 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 run up prior to acquiring a team?
0: So going back to the 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 five minutes, Evan said, "Hey, we got to do this," and I said, "Yes." You know, from there. We reached out to uh, my co-founder at Pixel Vault, Sean Guerin, and uh, Jacob Martin, or someone else that was in our network that's pretty well connected, and uh, just basically kind of pitched them in a sense and said, "Hey, look, we should be buying a professional team and building a community, remote, you know, international community around it." And they were in, and you know, we started reaching out to to, to some other people, and honestly, within I don't know, forty-five minutes to an hour, we had probably raised enough to buy the club. Um, it was like pretty straightforward. And then from there, we were pretty strategic about people that we added um, to to form partnerships and, you know, strategic value adds that uh, would help us and benefit our cause. And so it, it really, uh, it sounds, I guess, maybe a little crazy. The harder part was actually the due diligence and um, like kind of law side of and legal side of acquiring a club and everything that it took to just go through that process um yeah but the easier part was getting a bunch of crazy degenerate friends together and then some <laughs> smart business people that also saw the light and say okay. hey we should we should be going for this so um yeah it really wasn't uh too crazy we sean actually flew with us that first trip uh, early november last year and, and, and visited some of the clubs with us and then yeah uh, from there i know you had asked earlier about white crawley town we we ultimately um you know, looked at Crawley town when we visited multiple times actually uh, to Crawley. And we saw, you know, there's uh, a real opportunity here from a, a business standpoint or football standpoint. They're South of London. There's a ton of youth talent in South London. Uh, but right now they all, you know, all the youth go play for Brighton or Crystal Palace or any of the, the multiple uh, clubs that are in London itself. And we're like, you know, if we're able to actually uh, develop uh, you know, an academy with a youth system and, and actually gain some notoriety notoriety and, and have, you know, youth that want to come play for Crawley town and and grow in our system and develop, um, you know, that we have an opportunity here because uh, I think there's like 114,000 people in Crawley alone. And then there's plenty uh, in in West Sussex, you know, around us that, you know, need a club to go root for. And so um, we, we looked at that and we, we saw, okay, that's, that's great. Also just the proximity to London itself you know, being 20 or 22 miles south of London, take the train. It's a 45-minute train ride. It's um, really nice for, um, you know, international, global people that are visiting, or, but also just those that uh, live around the area. And then um, finally, we actually met with all of the staff that were the office staff. We, we, we spoke to at least most of them. And uh, there was a really great, like, tight-knit family vibe that, um, you know, these these people are, are you know they bleed red the red devils um probably town red devils they it's it's their life and they're passionate about it and you know they're going to do whatever it takes to to keep the club afloat and, and now that they're you know after multiple years of them you know the club was losing a million pounds per year and you know them being told no on any idea they ever had and now we're coming in with resources and saying hey let's try this out let's try this out what about this uh, it's pretty refreshing and rejuvenating even for the staff so um it was just a perfect fit and uh, we couldn't be um, you know, more pleased with where we are now, obviously since we acquired the club, but um, that, we, that we did choose Crawley Town, it's been a really great situation. And in, I will say kind of uh, in connection to your, your question about skepticism, everyone I've met in person in Crawley, and I've said this a few times now, but um, they've been extremely respectful and genuine and really kind. Online, keyboard warriors, different story. But I'm sure some of those, like that I've even met in person, were pretty nice to me face to face. So um, that, that's actually been really uh, helpful for me because I'm, you know, I got a family back in the states. I'm traveling back and forth about half of my time here, half of my time back home, and uh, just to have people that you know are kind to you and appreciate you and are, are rooting along with you and excited for this goes a long way. So um, I just wanted to give them some love because initially that wasn't the case, and um, you know, once I started making trips out here. You know, I realize you know, we do have a really good community that sees sees the vision and are, are going to you know, do whatever it takes to to make sure it happens.
1: Well, let's let's talk a bit about that community and the, those fans, right? So, from 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 what I understand, you've uh, as part of Wagme United, you've done uh, an NFT sale. Which is this kind of primarily a function of governance, so people can vote on things? I saw that there's like uh the one of the first kind of big decisions dropped on uh July 15th uh where like Wagmi United NFT holders could make some like governance decisions how how is that all structured from a governance perspective is there like a DAO behind Wagmi United or um is it and, and and what are the kind of things that fans NFT holders things like that are going to be able to influence through some of these decisions
0: Sure. So, yeah, the NFT drop itself, I can kind of run through some of the the perks or, or what it includes. Uh, initially, it's, you know, one of the, the biggest parts of this that we haven't discussed yet is the significance in our in our minds of, of the Chromie Squiggle and Snowfro's first, uh, you know, uh, digital generative art project on blockchain for Artblocks. He's the founder of Artblocks. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we thought, you know, it represents... Not only its significance in the art world and in what we've seen the last few years in NFTs, but um, you know he's even said it represents you know inclusivity and creative freedom, and it's really a movement that we wanted to be a part of. And so when we reached out to him and said, "Hey, we want to forego a corporate sponsor and put the Chromie squiggle on the front of our shirts," um, he was he immediately was hooked and <laughs> and really excited to be a part of it. And so this is like a one year only chance to get, in, in, I mean, in our heads in 10 years, having one of these squiggle jerseys or shirts is going to be a, a pretty big deal because I think people will realize in 10 years how significant Snowfro is to the, the art world. Um, and so th- once we were able to like hook up with him and then we partnered with Adidas for the actual merchandise itself, uh, we have three pieces of merch. It's the shirt with the squiggle and then there's a scarf and I believe a hat will be the third item that people can claim uh, with their NFT. Um, it also has you know, token-gated access to um, special inside looks throughout the week. And we're building more and more on that front. But you're able to watch training sessions, do AMAs with players and, and the head coach, Kevin Betsy. Um, you're able to listen to secondary streams that we do live during games with some comedians that are in our network that um, just kind of make it more well-rounded and, and, and fun to watch. Um, so there's that side. And then there's the part you alluded to, which is actual governance um, over some of the big picture decisions which going back and alluding to fan tokens or like socios for example which is what i always tell people the same thing you said like people don't ultimately care if you're voting for if there's coke or pepsi in the stadium like <laughs> yeah. especially if you don't live there like right it's just it's just not gonna do anything so you know our first big uh, decision was where are we gonna can we, like our, our last kind of bigger signing before the, the season starts where are we gonna allot? lot our, our resources to which position and it was attacker midfielder defender or goalkeeper and we gave 50 percent of the vote weight to season ticket holders and 50 percent to those nft holders um we held we held the vote in midfielder one by a pretty big margin and then from there we worked and collaborated with our you know our analytics guys and and kevin and dan to to pick the best midfielder option um for the current squad uh and so that yeah that was like an actual you know uh big picture item where the fans had real say right that was wasn't just something that's really significant yeah exactly right.
1: yeah it's 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 huge i mean i don't think i've ever seen fans be able to have at least some level of input on transfers which i think for any fan it's probably the most exciting thing to play a role and influence for sure how did uh how did uh, Kevin Betsy the manager kind of feel about this is he very on board with it? Does he kind of freaked out like how how's the how's that dynamic working?
0: I think there's actually uh, I wish I could um quote it correctly off the top of my head but he was asked about it right away and and honestly when you know, when we were interviewing him and interviewing other candidates to a point to be the manager, you know we told him like we're gonna try some crazy stuff and take some risks uh, you have to be pretty open-minded here and from the get-go he understood it i mean if he wasn't open minded and he didn't you know show us or tell us um that he was on board we never would have hired him in the first place so yeah, uh, he we had his trust from the get-go which is extremely helpful but then he actually I'm, i wish i had this quote but he, he he referenced how important it is to to recognize and appreciate fans um locally and it was in the local uh, paper or, 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 digitally, I think where his, his, quote was, we could look it up later maybe. Um, but he, 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 he put it, he, he eloquently kind of stated like, look, you guys are the most important part of this and we want you to be a part of it. And that's what Wagme's vision is. And so I couldn't be more honored or, or, or somewhat something like that to, to be a part of it. So it was, uh, it was really cool to see him kind of have our backs and, and to do it publicly when I'm sure he had a lot of people, you know, we saw it online, like, why is it the manager deciding who's to pick? Like, why? And you know, he's probably mm-hmm. getting texts like, "What's going on over there?" Yeah, but he <laughs> he, he handled it uh, brilliantly. So all is well. Yeah,
1: that's great. Well, that's really interesting. And is uh other uh, the initial kind of NFT sale that you did? Were there a lot of funds raised from that? They held in like a treasury. Do they go directly into kind of funding in Crawley Town, or are they kept kind of? separate from, from this, How's, how does that work? And is this uh, a future revenue stream that you're going to kind of rely on as, as part of
0: this? Uh, I just want to add, so I have the quote up and I, I just don't want to botch it for, for people. Yeah, so let's he, do it. He said, we know and are fully aware that the new ownership will do things uh, differently here. And we will listen to the voices of our key stakeholders. The supporters are massive to us. So that was that was a quote that I think he really like stated it um, perfectly. Very, so, pra-
1: very pragmatic. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs>
0: for sure. Um, so sorry, you were you are asking about just kind of like the future.
1: Yeah, like uh, and and like the NFT sale itself. Uh, you know, was this was this a big revenue driver? Is it held in like a treasury, or does that just go straight into? Uh, Crawley Town is it something that's held separately by Wagme? and is this kind of like a thing, a, a future revenue stream that you're going to really look to depend on? I'm just curious about that aspect.
0: Sure. So, I mean, I mean, to put it in some context, I think you know we ended up selling over 10,000 NFTs, uh, and, and you can call them kits even because it does come with a, a shirt and other merch items. They hmm. it's about 11 times as many kits uh, that they sold all of last season at Crawley Town Football wow. Club, and we did it before the season even started. And we sold them for eight times the price. So, so just to give you context of like, the, I mean, this is a club that loses over a million pounds per year and really was capped by their ability to grow and and have extra revenue streams. Because in England, there's another club five miles away, especially at like, you know, League Two or, or even lower. And so it's really hard to get fans. And that was like, our whole thesis was, we have this, we have, we're the internet's team. That's our tagline, Wagme United, the internet's team we, we can get fans, right. There's like most championship level clubs have 15 to 20,000, like, you know, uh, hardcore fans that are, are, that are really into their club and they're sustaining and and, and manageable at the championship level. You know, can we find 15 to 20,000 people on the internet? Like that's a huge pool of people. Right. And so uh, I think there's, I think we have 5,500 unique token holders from the NFT drop. Uh, and, and it's just now it's going about, um, you know, using those funds, which we had already started, you know, spending prior to the NFT drop with our own money and our own resources on a better coaching staff, you know, just to give people some context that are more into football. they didn't have a full-time goalkeeper coach the last few years so we brought in a full-time goalkeeping coach they didn't have a video analyst they didn't believe in video previously it just wasn't an expense that they could afford we have a a full-time video analyst we brought in from Brighton Um, the strength and conditioning coach previously was younger didn't have as much experience with actual footballing I think he had just graduated from university we brought in one that actually you know is Uh, really heavy on using the GPS tracking data in practice. He has a nutrition plan. We're hiring a chef. You know, we're we're using all these data and tools that the club wasn't using prior with analytics. Like there's all of these things, they add up their costs, but like they're they're, they're things that are going to make the club more professional. And I think some people don't realize just how many of these clubs and some of the lower levels are just getting by. And so if we're able to, obviously we're ambitious, we want to get promoted and and win games. But at the very least, if, you know, a lot of these league two clubs, if they do get promoted once they get to league one and it's hard to sustain even there and they drop right back down. Or if you're in league one and you get to championship, you drop right back down. So we're trying to implement uh, a sustainable uh, program, so to speak. You know, we implemented a B team. They didn't have a B team before. So now we actually have some youth that we can develop that are playing friendlies throughout the season. And, And if we're able to do that, when we do move up to league one or eventually championship, which is the hope, um, that we're going to be able to sustain, right? Because we've done it the correct way, as opposed to just spend all the money on players right away and hope that you get lucky. Um, so that's kind of been our entire process. And so, yeah, of course, that NFT drop was was a massive revenue um, increase for the club. Just you know, a club that wasn't doing much previously.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the the big investments you've been making is in infrastructure. And for for most clubs, as they're getting even just a promotion from. League Two to League One. If that happens, there's still an enormous amount of additional infrastructure that needs to be built to support mm-hmm. that movement upwards, right? So, I'm sure that's that's great for the team. I mean, talking about transfers, I took a quick look. It looks like you've brought in a number of new players, primarily on free transfers so far. Are you planning on spending more in the transfer window? I know you're talking about like the big ambitions for for Crawley. I'm assuming like what's your let's let's take this in two parts what's your timeline i guess for where you would see a realistic path to maybe the championship right two two promotions uh, above and what what's the expectation for like this season is this more about planting the seeds bringing in uh, better infrastructure and some new players and then setting yourself up for that or are you really trying to put kind of your, your foot on the pedal right now and move things at an accelerated pace?
0: I'm not, I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, but you know, Eben, my, my the co-founder and myself, we were the directors of the club. We actually, when we acquired the club, came out and said, if we're not promoted in two years, the fans can vote us out. And we thought it was really important though, because you have so many times in League Two, especially where owners will take over or just any professional sport lower levels where they're like, hey, you know, we're gonna be in championship in five years but there's no downside for them to actually saying that, right? They're they're not held accountable. And so we thought accountability was important and it kind of blends with this ethos of like decentralization where you have the fans that are, you know, taking part in big picture items. Um, And, you know, in the end, a lot of these owners, they're just rich. They own the club and they get to own the club as long as they want. If we're not performing and we don't get promoted, then we, we want, people to take a real look at us. And if, if myself and Evan aren't the right two people to run the club, we'll have some other proposals within our ownership group for some other people to potentially run the club with a new plan and the fans will get to actually vote on it. So um, that, in essence, uh, answers your question because it means, yes, we do have the the foot on the gas pedal and we need to try to get promoted, if not this year, the following year. Uh, and so, I mean, you referenced some of the new players. I think we've actually signed uh, officially 14 new players. Uh, some of them we've signed just, you know, there were free agents are available and, uh, some have been on loan, which has been great part of what Kevin Betsy and Dan Micicci, the a manager and assistant manager have, you know, backgrounds at Arsenal, but also with the English national youth teams. And so they're, they're very well connected and a lot of, um, the Premier League teams or Championship League teams that like to play a similar style with possession playing out of the back. It's more conducive to Premier League style of ball. Uh, they're reaching out saying, hey, Kevin, can my can my guys play for you? So we've had a, – a, it's been a nice bonus, so to speak, as far as um, the talent and athleticism we've been able to bring in, but typically maybe wouldn't be looking at Crawley Town otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the, the fans are super excited about seeing – uh, a large, like 14 players coming into a, a club like Crawley. I can't imagine they've ever had a season where that's, that's happened. Um, so I'm sure that's, that's great news for, for the fans. Um, I it, Zooming out a little bit, do, do you think that, you know, Wagme United is going to be the first of many kind of almost like tokenized ownership projects in professional sport? Um, and are you all like Wagmi United thinking? You know, our sole focus is Crawley Town, or do you think um, in the the years ahead you would look to potentially acquire more teams and build a an even larger group underneath the the Wagmi United uh, kind of brand?
0: I don't doubt that there will be other groups trying to do something similar in, in the future, yeah. uh, but they won't be the Internet's team. All right, we got that <laughs> one. So that that's our goal. Is you know we wanted to be first and we wanted you know, to have the people in our network, um, whether they're sports business savvy or crypto web3 NFT savvy, uh, you know have enough uh, influence that you know everyone wanted to be a part of this story and, and tell it with us. And so uh, we feel like we're in a good spot and we're you know, already getting tons of inbound requests for partnerships and uh, you know trying to work out other, other items as far as you know how we can really scale this. Uh, and so to your point, yeah, I think down the road, um, we absolutely want to keep our eyes open to other opportunities that come our way. Uh, initially, though, we have to, you know, play this playbook in Crawley Town first and make sure that it's successful before, you know, we start spending other resources elsewhere and maybe lose focus. So um, it's kind of two-part question. I think yes, long-term, if we're talking years, um, we'd love to be involved in multiple, uh, whether it's multiple leagues, different countries, or even multiple sports. Um, there's there's a lot of crazy. Um, like smaller, uh, what's what's the way to say it w- or articulate it? There's there's a lot of smaller sports out there that are really picking up and growing digitally, especially on platforms like TikTok and whatnot. That mm-hmm. we feel like there's maybe an edge in in doing stuff with some of those, and you know, just getting the Wagmi brand and in other places. So uh, we're going to take a look at all of it. We're open to any of it, and um, yeah, for now it's it's focused on Crawley Town Football Club, and then kind of growing as as things progress.
1: Okay, that's a that's interesting. Uh, my, my last question really is uh, so that we round this out because I think it's a lot for uh, for, for web fans of Web three, and also I imagine Crawley Town fans for for sure to dig into in in this this uh, discussion. But what are what are some of the things that you're most excited about over the next twelve to eighteen months that more specifically will kind of blend this Web three kind of crypto tech with real world experiences in sport and and I guess like why should Crawley town fans and Wagby United supporters be interested in, in some of this?
0: So I think a lot of, a lot of what NFTs are right now are these, they're, they're ultimately these, like, they're like pipes or pipelines from the the digital world to, to something else. And this something else is a professional, you know, football club near London. Like that's pretty cool. Right. So, um, you know, we tell people at, at the very basic level, especially a lot of the locals that ask me, like, what exactly are, are these NFTs? You know, we say they're a virtual season ticket. You know, and if you think of it that way, um, you know, it doesn't matter where if where you are, where you live. But if you have an Internet connection, you can be a part of this. And thanks to the technology, right, we're able to token gate a lot of the, the governance and access um, and then we also, you know, in a more Web 2 fashion, have you know merchandise with the Chromie Squiggle shirt and other items that people also will have access to. It's it's kind of this well-rounded, really fundamental, basic way of like, hey, this is how we can use the the blockchain technology um, for good and into uh, everybody's advantage. And um, you know, prior, I don't know if there really would have been a way to have a remote fan base for a club. Like it would have honestly been. No one really had thought of it before because it, it just didn't fit the the mold of, of even a possibility. And, and now that does exist, and so we're just trying to find success in that. And you know, the local fans get it. And I think you know, after the NFT sale, for example, um, I, I spoke to many of them and started hearing online. You know, it was really important to us not to sell NFTs to the local fans. We've seen other clubs try to do that. In fact, I think Liverpool did most recently. They tried to sell 175,000 NFTs to their fans and only sold about 9,700, I believe was the number and people, you know, were telling us if Liverpool can't sell NFTs, how is Crawley town? Which is a fair ask. It's a fair ask. Well, Liverpool is selling to the fans that already pay them money every year, all the time, right? And 99.9% of them don't care at all about NFTs. So we kind of reversed it, right? We brought a professional sports club to the NFT fans and so that's what gave us this ability and and i think the local fans not so going back to what i was saying because we weren't forcing it on them um i actually I know of about 125 different local fans that actually have a Wagner united nft which is way more than i would have guessed before the drop so that that was actually really uh, what's the word impressive honestly is in there was one person in particular he's like i want to remain anonymous but i'll help onboard anybody that says hey i want to try to get an nft just you know Put me in touch with them, and so um, that's been cool to see. Where now they're wanting to be a part of not only the local kind of OG fandom in Crawley, but you know the international like NFT Web three side of it. And so it's there's a lot of uh, tech we're building in the background to in, induce and, and heighten the engagement aspects of of these uh, token holders from week to week, you know, throughout the season. And so people just have to keep an eye out. But uh, yeah, we're pretty excited just to see it all kind of coming together.
1: It sounds exciting, and it sounds like you've basically blended this really passionate local fan base in in Crawley and created this parallel fan base that is ultimately a global one in the NFT holders that are kind of combining together. So, I think it's really exciting. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be. Bumps in the road ahead, and I'm sure it's going to hopefully be lots of great moments for for you all and for for Crawley Town Football Club. I think everyone wants to see uh, clubs like Crawley uh, ultimately succeed and do well. So, all the best with the venture, Preston. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how things play out at the end of the season. Maybe have you come back on and share some of your uh, reflections on the the first year of charge.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Thanks, Matthew
1: thanks for listening if you love this episode and want to show your appreciation why not subscribe on spotify itunes or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a positive review you want to catch up on all of the previous episodes why not visit decryptingcrypto.xyz follow us on twitter at decryptopodcast and if you'd like to be a guest on the show or just want to leave us some personal feedback email us at podcast at decryptingcrypto.xyz. The contents
0: of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.